This is Wellness Part 10, Self-Awareness and Self-Care. So I'm just coming down off of about a three-month manic episode, and if you don't know anything about being bipolar, bipolarity means that you sort of oscillate between two different states. One is manic, and the other is depression. And when you're manic, you can stay up all hours of the night. Everything is huge in your mind. You're prone to delusions of grandeur. And at least for me, I get a lot smarter. And like I said, I've been manic for three months. I've been working on all this UFOs and UAPs and quantum physics. And now I've come down. And so I spin up and get manic when I don't understand something. And then I figure it out and then I come down. And now I'm down. So now I'm dumber and I'm dealing with a little depression. And when you experience depression like I am, you lose interest in the things that used to get you excited. So making podcast episodes has become a little bit difficult. So I'm taking the family to Walt Disney World for about a week and then we're going to the beach for a week. I'm going to shake this depression and then in a couple weeks I'll be good as new. And I've got some really good content put together that I'm going to be dropping when I come back about resisting resistance. It's going to be about going through people that try to get in your way and getting people to do the things that you want them to do when they don't want to do the things that you want them to do. And I'm sorry for making you wait two weeks to get another podcast episode, but like I said, I've been a little bit depressed and so it's been a little bit hard to put these together. I can't really explain it. It just is. But I'm working through it and in the meantime I reached out to Mike at the Singularity Lab and I asked him for a copy of the audio of our show that we did at the end of July and we had a really great conversation and it's me and Mike and Kristen and Lou and Vibe and you're gonna really like them so in the meantime while I'm recharging and getting in touch with the universe and getting my mind right and I just want to give a big thanks to everybody who just kind of stays with me while I kind of work through this and I want to and big thanks to Mike for squaring me away with this audio so that I can share with you guys while I kind of recover I hope you enjoy it. So now we'll pick up with the interview left off in wellness part nine. Okay, this is the thing. This is part of the reason I wanted Bradley on here today because it pisses me off. Mainstream academia is so egotistical in their ability to shun all fringe scientists and all thinkers that are not within the constructs of that bureaucracy. And it just I, like I can't explain to you guys how angry it makes me. And the fact that they can all be have such different conclusions to a similar problem and then they could turn on this show, Jazz, like your friend, and then turn it off because, oh, I'm too fucking smart for this. Like that pisses me off to no end. OK, I got it off my chest. No, I mean, if you think about it. Hey, though, feel like, free, man. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, though, it makes perfect sense, right? I mean, like. How bad would you feel if you dedicated your whole life to this and your education and then some idiot came up and like just in a weekend figured it out? You know what I mean? Like that would just be on. Oh, paper. devastating. Devastating. And, but I'll tell you what. Einstein was a patent clerk. I am a patent attorney. So I think there's a connection. There. <laughs> I really do. Uh, yeah, the, it, a, like a license. Well, attitude. also, I mean, I don't think it did. How how long did it take Einstein to come up with the equals MC squared? Wasn't it like a bolt of lightning for him? He was just like, oh, 
shit would like sit on a park bench and all of a sudden it just clicked. Yeah. And you know what? His, well, sort of, sort of. And sort so, of. yeah, I just want to speak to that because he literally. <laughs> I was just being stupid. I was like, no, it was when an apple fell on his head. Oh, you're going, you're going straight Newtonian. You're going straight Newtonian on me, Kristen. Uh, so he actually, he actually said, uh, Einstein said that he's not, he, it's not that he was so smart. It's that he sat in the question longer. Right. And so, yes, Luis, you're right. It was a bolt of lightning, but it was a bolt of lightning that hit him after sitting in the question forever right. as long as he 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 couldn't he couldn't think of anything else and einstein just for the record revised uh relativity three times over the course of his career uh the initial premise he stuck with that and it's mostly been proven but he had his initial premise he had a second one and before his death he had a third one where he was like okay i got that part wrong right. you know so it was a continual learning process and he was he was he did work as a patent clerk but he worked in universities he worked with scientists and he went on and just kept digging and digging and he and, and I don't want to say this in a I'm not even going to say it. I won't say what I was going to say. Oh, go ahead. It won't hurt my feelings. He didn't do it in <laughs> he didn't do it in 3 months. Okay? He didn't like he wasn't a patent clerk in August. And then in November he was like, "Oh wait, I figured out space-time." It right. it didn't happen like that. Right. And yeah. and he kept revising it over time. He kept publishing more and more papers. Some of them were greatly accepted fantastic work some of them were challenged and he defended them some were challenged and he was like oh that's a good point and now i need to revise my thing and it 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 was a long progress so trying to pretend that einstein just woke up one day and was like oh i need to sign off the patent for this toaster oh wait i've got space time that's not how it happened mm. einstein was not an accident. He was a brilliant person. He didn't uh, get everything right. No, no, no. You know, no I wasn't he trying worked to suggest, at it for his uh, entire life. Wasn't trying to suggest it was an accident. I'm just saying, like the the inspiration for it, I'm sure, came to him at the most oh, yeah. inopportune time. Like it, it, sometimes it just hits you, and then you can't write fast enough to get your ideas out on the paper. Right. Um, so, no, Luis, I, you know, you're you're absolutely. I, I agree with you. You're absolutely right. When he came up with the idea that gravity wasn't just a property of mass. He was like, wait a minute, it's space time. It's all locked together. I think that was a moment of inspiration. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Right. And and again, yeah, that's again, that's what he said. He said he sat in the question. Like he you're right, Jazz. He he's been he's been thinking about this his whole life. Like this had been gnawing at him and gnawing at him and right. gnawing at him. And it was in and he was working towards answers, but it it was, as you said, it was it was this moment where he was like, aha, you know, and and yep. but he he's very specific about it. He said, I I just I couldn't stop thinking about it. <clears throat> right. And so, sometimes you have to think, too, that the, a theory or a new idea or a new approach to a new perspective, the whole point is to put it out there on the table and not say, I already know that this is correct and this proves that everybody's wrong. But it's to put it out there to say, what does everybody think of this? And, and that's kind of the way even like a scientist like Donald Hoffman approaches 
things. He wrote a whole book called The Case Against Reality. And he oh, I uh, love that. He postulates that literally our experience of reality is like an illusion or a hologram and that everything is just a user interface uh, right. that we are perceiving and what it is actually composed of. We don't know, but maybe mm -hmm. Brad's right. Maybe it's the surface tension of a black hole trying to do a spin on its own conscious energy. So yeah, it's I mean, it sounds like he's talking about what I was talking about, but the difference between me and Einstein is that he's a genius <laughs> and I'm a little crazy. And <laughs> I wasn't thinking about the question a lot. I was trying to unpack UFO stuff and I just kind of fell on it. You know, it just like, it just kind of assembled in my brain and I thought, and, I, and then I looked at the equation and then I like was, okay, let me check and see what the real ratio is of dark matter. And I was like, wow, it's exact. How about that? And what then, do you mean? Can you, can you, can you speak to that a little bit? Cause that's the thing that I'm trying to understand because you, you are so new to this. I'm trying to understand how you've been able to unpack these equations and understand them. Cause you could give me the next 12 years and I don't think I would have, you know, just just hearing you speak, Bradley, like the way you pop off these numbers, um, you know, I, I know, you know, your numbers. So my question is, where where are you getting this information about dark matter? How do you know, um, you know, what you're saying? How, how do you know the base math that you're building your hypothesis on is correct? OK, so just we talked about the circle of oscillation of those particles, right? It's four Planck lengths in diameter. So the circle that's the circumference of a circle that is four Planck lengths in diameter is pi times diameter, right? So it's pi, which is 3.14 times four, which comes out to 12.556. Okay. So now, the only time we can see any of that matter, if you believe that we're sitting on the surface of a black hole, is when it, remember how we talked about quantum teleportation, when that BB hits the surface, that's the only time you can see. And the surfaces, it hits twice in a cycle, right, on one side and then the other, and they're only one Planck length thick. So it's 12.556 Planck lengths around, that's the trip around the circle, and two of them are in two of those ticks are in the hologram. And so what I'm saying is that at any mm -hmm. point in time, all you can see is essentially two twelfths or, you know, of all the matter that exists there. Right. Because you can only see the stuff that's in the hologram and only two ticks worth are in the hologram. And the rest of the 12, essentially 10.55, is, is either in the future or in the past. It's either up or it's on the downside. And so if it's 10.55, that's dark. And if it's two, that's real. If you divide two into 10.55, you get 5.25, which is the exact measured ratio, they think, of dark matter to real matter. <laughs> that's and so, fucking wild. And so if you want to get the energy of matter, of all matter, the reason it didn't work for Einstein, I think, you know, in the whole like, you know, spinning galaxy would fly apart thing was because he didn't know to account for the dark matter. And he was just going by the visible matter. And so if it's spinning around like that in a circle, then that that extra piece of the circle that's not inside the hologram, if you count that, 
that accounts for all the dark matter. And so four pi divided by the G factor, including the anomalous dipole moment times the observable mass times C squared is really what I think E equals MC squared was always supposed to be. Brad, can I ask you a personal question? Yeah, sure. Do you think your bipolar disorder helps you with this math? Or do you think it's a detractor? Like, do you think in, in solving this, do you think that that, that I don't want to call it a disorder. It's just a mental, uh, I don't yeah, know how you want to phrase it. it. Fine. Um, I just don't, I don't want to offend you, but like, do no, you think that, that, that helps in your thinking of this? Or do you think it's possible that that condition might be leading you in a direction that isn't right? Well, you know, when you think about like having a mental illness, right? Everybody sort of has a superpower and everything comes right. with drawbacks, right? Mm-hmm. So when I'm manic, my brain is cycling a million miles a second. And that's when I'm recalling all kinds of things that I learned from all kinds of, you know, wherever. Like, I mean, my brain is just kind of buzzing. And if I wasn't manic and if I wasn't ADHD, then that might not happen. I might not have sort of the recall and, you know, the ability to sort of process all that stuff and absorb other information. And so in some ways, I think it's, it's, it's a, you know, it really helps. It like helps me to, you know, critically think, but on the other hand, it makes social shit kind of difficult. Like right. there's a lot of people that are like, fuck man, he's crazy. Like people, colleagues that I, you know, was in the military with. I mean, there's lots of people that won't return emails or, you know, uh, comment on like social media. They won't, they decline to engage with me and I can't blame them, you know, because when you have mental illnesses, right? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people, they just don't want to get any on them. You know, they just don't want to get entangled with unsavoriness. You know what I mean? They just don't Mm want to deal with it. And, Mm -hmm. and like, you know, when you get low, you know, or when like your PTSD kicks in and you're like fucking freaking out because you think, you know, something's at somebody's after you or this or that. Like, I mean, I have to check myself, man. Cause so, sometimes, you know, I'll be kind of in a bad place and then I'll fucking see the enemy everywhere. And, mm. you know, it has a lot to do with, you know, Afghanistan and, you know, some of my other, you know, my mental illness and that kind of stuff. So I got to check myself, you know, I mean, I really need to, um, you know, watch myself. Is- is there anyone that you can trust? Is there anyone that you can trust that you could bounce these ideas off of that actually does give you the time and the room to to really sort of spread your legs with these thoughts and and has the the expertise to be like, yeah, oh, Brad, yeah, that's a good way to go. I think that's a fun way to think. Or or do you have someone to, to bounce these? Yeah, just simple question. Uh, there's just you know, I'll if I tell somebody something. I can mm-hmm. tell right away they're like, oh, man, he's fucking off his rocker. <laughs> you know but are I mean? they saying that because they're not uh, contemplating? They're not they're not digesting exactly what you mean. Uh, hard to say. I have yeah. a really hard time, like with empathy. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, part of being a psychopath is you just you don't. You, it's really hard. You like have issues with boundaries. And like, I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So, are you familiar with the work of uh, Dr. Hal Pudoff from the Stanford Research Institute, now who's with the To the Stars Academy? He's done a lot of physics research into dark energy and dark matter and the propulsion systems on UFOs and how it all relates to time travel and the same kind of of uh, stuff. Have you researched any of his work at all? No, uh-uh. I'm extremely poorly read unless, like, if I'm just looking for something. Because, okay, so I have this critical thinking algorithm, right? Mm. And it's, I either know it, right? Know thyself, right? So I either know it or I don't know it. And the art, I think, of critical thinking is knowing if you don't know something you need to know. And so, you know, in some ways, like, you know, when responding to jazz about, like, all the minutia about Hawking radiation, I didn't really feel like I needed to know all that much about that to arrive at, you know, what is the equation for matter. And so I'm not particularly well read in areas that I didn't perceive as, Mm. you know, relevant to the thought that I was assembling. And so, but I think that if you know what you know, then you know everything that you don't know because everything else is what you don't know. And so if you know what you know, and you know what you don't know, then I think you can know everything. And so that's, you know, I talk about that too in Critical Thinking 1, 2, and 3, is that's just kind of, you know, how I operate. And, you know, maybe that makes me blind to something. Maybe I am blind to some things that I needed to know to come up with the right answer. Um, It's always a possibility. Hmm. But the good news is, is that if it's right, like people are going to use it or they're going to be fumbling around with the wrong stuff and somebody else is going to figure out something, you know, better or newer or whatever. So I think if it's right, then people, it's kind of like res ipsa loquitur, right? The thing speaks for itself. It's either right or it's not. And even if it's only partially right, if it triggers a response to try and correct that, it could lead to something more correct or a clearer picture. I think that's a good idea. Well, I think that's why it's so important to have conversations like this. You know, it's like so often, and and this is what you were expecting, Bradley, when you, you know, we share this on Twitter, how much hate you were going to get. You know, having having conversations outside of the mainstream, outside of, you know, in these kind of fringe areas allows people to think, you know, just think. And we don't know, you know, even even every piece of the puzzle that astrophysicists know or believe they know or the math, the elegant math that they've uh, understood to be a solution. There's again, there's another astrophysicist who will argue with that. And there's another one that will argue with that. And so we can spend so much time not looking at a specific part of a subject because they say, no, 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 don't look there. There's nothing Mm -hmm. to see. And, you know, and I think, Bradley, one of the things that that you've done here is you've said, you know, what, I'm not going to spend all my time uh, on Hawking radiation because I don't think that's the part of the puzzle I need to solve. But at the same time, uh, there could be an important piece in Mm -hmm. in what uh, what traditional or mainstream mathematics understands about Hawking, Hawking radiation that could help you in your theory. So I think just having these conversations and having dissenting viewpoints and having multiple perspectives pushes us to think more deeply about these things and hopefully pushes brilliant people like you to to hack away at what you believe and, and figure out, you know, can I go deeper? 
Is there more here? Am I missing nobody, something? Nobody has ever got me to think about my existence existing on the edge <laughs> of a black hole. <laughs> I mean, the so that's so a fun thought process. Yeah. Bad day. <laughs> Can I just bad day. say something that makes it even spookier is that the way that Brad's describing it in a weird way echoes a lot of these ancient mystical teachings that come out of the Far East, like uh, teachers like Ramana Maharshi and a lot of ancient Buddhist teachings and stuff. If they didn't quite have the same verbiage that we use today, like calling it a, a hologram or a black hole. But if you go and read their writings and stuff like in the I Ching and, and do deep transcendental meditation, you kind of come to these weird same conclusions in, a, in an alternative way. So I just wanted to throw that out there that there's a lot of ancient mystical teachings that actually support what Brad is saying in an interesting way. And a lot of modern scientists are starting to have to turn around and address that and, and where that's coming from. It's very interesting. Like creepy Pete says, sometimes you need to bring some wizards to the party. <laughs> Full <laughs> circle, Lou. Yep. Full circle, bro. Isn't that, what, right. isn't that the very beginning of the conversation we had tonight? Sometimes, Indeed. sometimes Indeed you need the prophets. Sometimes you need the wizards. Indeed. Um, what an amazing show. What a, what a collection of, of amazing people in this room. And I, I truly appreciate each and every one of you. Jazz, thank you for being somebody who comes in and says, you know what? Come on, man. Let, look at the science. We know some things. Don't forget to look at all the pieces of the puzzle. Uh, so I really appreciate that and respect that, Jazz. And for those of you who aren't following Jazz, he's so tired of all his normie Twitter followers. If you're here in this show, you're not a normie. Make sure you go follow Jazz on Twitter because uh, he's the man. Jazz, what a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hey, anytime, man. And don't focus on me. Once again, focus on these guys. Support their channels. They're doing good stuff. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Jazz. I hope you enjoyed that vacation, sir. I did. Oh, I yeah. got the largest bag yeah. I've caught in five years. Yep. Nice. Hell did yeah. You, did you eat? Do you eat bags, nice. Jazz? No, we do catch and release. Okay. Right. That's what I did. All right. All right, well, we love you, buddy. We'll see you Still soon. Still good, though. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> uh, Artemis Prime, thank you so much for always being right there to support the channel, to support the show, to be an amazing moderator, always. and uh, to, to spread your little butterfly wings. I see, you, I see you doing big things out there and getting on other podcasts and, and, uh, and building your own little, your little brand. So, well done. I'm so proud of you. We'll see. <laughs> Don't worry. I'm still a lifer here. <laughs> All right. We love you, Artemis. Thank you for handling the poll today. Uh, we appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Uh, Carl Vibe. Thank you so much for joining the show today. Again, when I when I when I knew Bradley was coming on, I said, "Who's the perfect person?" Uh, yeah, I was thinking. I, my first thought for me was Carl Vibe. Second thought was like, "Where is Rather?" <laughs> I reached out to Rather. Rather was also Rather uh, was uh, Rather and Carl were like right yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like guys. I could sit and talk over drinks with Brad for hours and hours oh, about man. all this I stuff. I want to see sure. Brad on Ooh, Carl man. Vibe's channel. Let's oh, do it. Yeah. I think that's a great. Let's all come over there medium. one of these times. Yeah, yeah dude, that would be sick. That would be sick. I'm super down. If you're not following Carl Vibe, make sure you get over on his YouTube channel. I think I'll be over there on Saturday, right? Yeah, Saturday. We haven't Saturday. even picked a time yet. Let's figure it out. Let's figure it out. <laughs>
Let's do it. Um, Carl, what's your uh, what's your twiddle handle and twiddle? What's your what's your twiddle? It's all it's all Carl vibe now. Carl vibe. If you want to go watch my more family stuff and less mystery stuff, it's Carl the Crusher. That's what we call it for families. But uh, yeah, Carl vibe for all this interesting uh, philosophy and theories for sure. Love it, love it, Carl. What a pleasure. Uh, love you, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Mike. Hey, it was nice meeting you. Uh, Bradley, 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 what a wonderful show. What a wonderful time to be with you. Thank you so much for joining the Singularity Lab. I haven't had a single guest who has said the word singularity as many times as you did during this show, and that's magical. Yeah, my you said the titular line of the show. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, it, it's a pleasure. I'm 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 now a uh, a fan. Uh, I'll be following your podcast. I'll be following your growth. I'd love to have you back on the show sometime. Maybe uh, maybe you can join us as a panelist uh, uh, here and there. We'd love that. Um, I'm just honored to be able to share space with uh, all you beautiful people. And uh, yeah, hey, likewise, man. Likewise, yeah, you are. Yeah, you're you're a great guy and uh, just just uh, a, an amazing imagination, amazing. Uh, intelligence so thank you so much for being here I'm going to keep a, a close eye on your work and uh, I, I expect you to be back here and hang out with us soon uh, thank you sir All right. and I gotta and tell it, you I'm not a physicist I I, I get kind of diverse I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to go any further like on this I just don't think it helps We'll see what happens, my brother. Um, if you could do me a favor and tell people where they can find your podcast and how they can follow you on Twitter or social media, that would be dope. Hey, thanks, Michael. My podcast is uh, www.sonic-gravity.com. And I'm on Apple, I'm on Spotify, I'm everywhere. Um, and uh, Sonic Gravity, at Sonic Gravity One is my uh, Twitter and uh, you just Facebook page Sonic Gravity Podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, superb. Uh, and even if it's not about uh, you know, even if it's not about this topic, we'd love to have you back, man. Yeah, and I'll come back. And like, man, I love talking about UFOs. Excellent. All right. Yeah. Well, well, so do we. <laughs> <laughs> so do we. Awesome. Uh, amazing to have you, uh, Brad, and uh, have a wonderful day. And uh, thank you for, for, for joining us. You too, sir. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Uh, Woo, what a was, great, great show. I hope you enjoyed listening to that part of the interview as much as I enjoyed making it. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, if you ever need to take a knee and get your mind right, then you need to take a knee and get your mind right. That is a fact. So don't be afraid to do like me and take a knee and get your mind right. Right.